This podcast is a proud member of the Paranormality Podcast Network. podcast where two sisters retell people strange and paranormal stories and experiences. I'm Lindsay. I'm Rebecca. And this is that podcast. Um, so it's been a couple weeks since we've had a live show. We thank everybody for joining us today. I think I'll just say something because I think it's my fault that we haven't been meeting. Uh, Ruckus, it's okay. Um, so... Uh, we haven't had a show in a couple weeks because I think that I was I was going through a lot mentally and I also had a move um, and it was a quick move. It was unexpected and unplanned. And so um, I had to take time off. Moving is awful. And then you mm-hmm. don't know how much shit you have until you move. Yeah. And you really don't think you have that much stuff. And then you do it and you're like, geez. Ooh. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> I went from a one bedroom to a two bedroom and I don't have enough room for everything. I don't know how everything fit in my one bedroom, but here we are. <laughs> I don't, yeah, moving is awful. Um, anyways, so I just I just wanted to, to let everybody know that's why we hadn't been meeting. I was going through it, and I apologize, and I'm a little bit better. Um, but uh, thank you for your patience, and I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Thank definitely. you, Becky. And Becky also had um, a celebration, a birthday. Yep. I did have a birthday. Mm-hmm. I turned 40. <laughs> I think it's great. No, you shouldn't be sad. Okay, you could be sad. I'm sorry. I think it's no, great. it's true. But I'm yeah. sorry that you're sad. <laughs> I. It's just weird saying it. Like, you know, I never thought that I would be 40. Yeah. Isn't... Yeah. Like, it It doesn't... Thank you. It doesn't really... Like, I'm, I didn't have a whole lot of nervousness or anything or anxiety like it Mm -hmm. just happened and I was like and it was fun I had a great day so it's so interesting because I was actually watching a few stories on YouTube today to prepare for the show which I still Mm -hmm. feel really uniquely unprepared for however (laughs) one one of the women was talking she was like well I'm 38 and in my mind I was like shit 38 and then I was like I'm 38 (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm no, I'm 37, but I was still like, say, like it's the same thing. Like here we are, like we we're in that upper tier. Like we did it, we made it, we made it. We're here, <laughs> we survived. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, well, club. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. Did you have an announcement that you wanted to share beyond what I just shared? And happy birthday again. Yes, thank you. And I do have an announcement. I'm going to show you. I'll be right mm-hmm. back. Hmm. I can still hear you. Yeah. I don't have much to say because it's just me in a room full of, of peeps. Ah, oh my God. We got a doggy. We got a puppy. Yeah. This is Bruce. Oh, look at how sweet he is. He's, He's so pretty cute. Happy. This is Bruce, everybody. He is a three-month-old puppy. We're not sure what his, his breed is, but he's... Uh-huh. He's a hoss. He's part polar bear, mm-hmm. part <laughs> part pig. I would assume pig. Yeah, part <laughs> legs. 
sweet. Look yeah. at him. I love him. Yeah, this is Bruce. So, Aww. welcome to the show, Bruce. Yeah, he was my birthday present to myself. Oh, <laughs> it's a good <laughs> birthday present. Yeah. All right. And he's also a little terror. You know, he's eating everything and putting everything in his mouth. But he's he's actually a really cool dog. He's pretty chill most of the time. Fuck puppies, dude. Puppies are awful. Never thought I would get one in my entire life. I know, but it just happens. They just sneak up on you, puppies do. I walked in on my cat. It's true. I walked in on my cat today, and she'd thrown up on the floor. Um, And as I was walking out, I turned back to look at her, and she, to clean up the mess, she was clawing at the back of my chair. (laughs) <laughs> but looking at what she threw up and I was like, I hate you. <laughs> I don't know why I shared that story about her and your puppy, but thanks for That's sharing, okay. Bruce. Very cute. Yeah. yeah, he's a great dog. <laughs> um, so it's been a while, but we're on episode one twenty one. Yep. hmm And we so are. that means that you go first. Oh my god, I totally forgot. I was yeah. like, Lindsay goes first. <laughs> I no, can right. go first if you would like. I can share something else to give everybody a taste of what my story will be about. Yeah, do it. Because I'm going second, but I have this to share. Ooh, la la. What yeah, is it's, that? Uh, it's okay. So you know the um, what is his name? Who does the um the skull that has vodka in it? Dan Aykroyd. So this is, I think this is his other vodka, but it's an alien head instead. Anyways, we went and got some liquor, uh, this, this past weekend or yesterday and, uh, Mike saw this and had to have it. And I was like, well, that's perfect for the show. (laughs) That is very cute. Yeah. So this is what I'll be talking about. I love it. I know. It's fun. Anyways, on with the show. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. So I have (laughs) an interesting story about, um... These siblings that uh, in 2006, in June of 2006, a 13-year-old brother and a 16-year-old sister were part of an archaeological group in, I'm going to kill this name, and I couldn't figure out how to pronounce it, but okay. I think it's um, Rusenka, Rusenka. Okay. And it's a, it's a town in uh, Latvia, which is a small uh, country by the Baltic Sea in northeastern Europe. Okay. So all you geography people might know where that is. I had to look that up. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so the dig site was in a very remote area. And every morning they would get up and there was a group of about 30 people that would make a three kilometer trek, which was about two miles from their campsite to the dig. And which also included a, um, a rowboat ride across a lake. Okay. Sounds pretty fairy tale ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they were there, they found some bronze rings, some clays from some clay from some old pottery, and they uncovered um, an old fortification and other buildings. And um, usually, the young boys were like, "This is boring. We don't want to do this." And so they would go off into the woods and they would play. And okay. they would play war, and they would knock down trees, like old trees. Oh my God. I already see I where this is going. At. <laughs> Right. And they even found some carved wooden spirits um, in the forest that that they were thought they were kind of odd. Yeah. And at one point, they were told to remove a wasp nest by the lake that they swam in. And so 
It was like a group of seniors and then some other boys. And how they removed the wasp nest was with a lighter and a can of hairspray. Oh, and guys. <laughs> yeah. He, sa- he sounds like he feels kind of bad about this oh. now because he was like, this is probably why we, why this happened. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so later that night, the same night that they... They burned the wasps down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they, uh, the, the brother got up to go to the bathroom, and he was in a tent by himself, and so he started to pee in the woods, and he started to hear this, this wind, this growing wind sound, and it, he couldn't feel it. It was above the tree lines, and it was just brushing through the treetops, and he starts to have this feeling that he's being watched, and he's like... It's late at night. I'm just feeling paranoid. It's mm-hmm. it's my imagination. So he just tries to ignore it, and he goes back to his tent, and he goes to sleep. The next day, his sister told him that um, they had heard something rustling around his tent and that um, there was a large shadow cast from the moon onto their tent, <laughs> um, and they hadn't slept since. So mm. they were just frightened by this figure that they had seen. Um, and then the following night, the brother started hearing the wind again and he heard, and he says it was like it was in his head. Oh, they stayed? (laughs) Yeah, they were on this group. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a family thing. It's like a archeological dig for Mm, the summer. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a group of like more people than that. So he heard this sound in his head, he says, like someone was calling his sister's name, which was Metra. And it was quiet, and it was a raspy yet feminine voice. Mm -hmm. Um, And after he heard this, he decided that he was going to curse this thing by telling it to fuck off. And then he was like, and he put his headphones in, and then he went to sleep. And the next morning, he woke up feeling super refreshed, like he had had the best sleep in his life. And his sister and her sister's friends, who were sharing a tent together, just kind of walked up to him, and they looked concerned, and um, they told him that they had heard voices saying his name, and that um, it was his name and um, her name, his sister's name, and then other people's names that were in the camp with them. And each time they heard a voice, or they heard a name being called it sounded like it was getting closer and louder. And they said that in the night um, that, hang on a second. They said that in the, oh yeah. In the night, this being had walked up to the brother's tent Mm -hmm. at the front entrance. And he, um, he had opened up the flap and he started begging for forgiveness to this thing, asking him not to hurt him. And he said that he, they said that he was like making weeping noises. He says he doesn't remember this at all, but he says, my sister doesn't make stuff up. I completely believed her. And she was also really scared. And so he was like, okay, well, I don't remember any of that, but I do believe that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, she had been, whenever all this was going on, she had been afraid to leave the tent, obviously. So she didn't really, like, get up and take a look at it. But the next night, things intensified. 
Um, and the voices were louder to the point that it sounded like they were screaming his name and they were right next to his tent. And it was the same raspy voice like it was the night uh, before. Um, he freaked out and he ran outside the tent to confront this voice. And he was uh-huh. thinking maybe it was somebody playing a prank on him. Um, and whenever he did that, um, he said that he hears the wind in the tree line again. And he looks up and he sees a large dark mass. And it's about five meters, which is 16 and a half feet tall. Oh. Um, yeah. And then he ran into his sister's tent. And they stayed there all night till morning, not sleeping. They individually heard these voices calling names. So it was never at the same time. Mm -hmm. But they all heard their names being called, other people's names being called. And and they didn't get any sleep. And they were really freaked out. And then the next morning, whenever they woke up, they decided to do a a pagan cleansing ritual. Uh, to ward off evil spirits by using, uh-huh. um, I'm going to kill this too, so I'm sorry, um, Go for uh, catechus, which is a type of wood. You did and, good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and um, while they were burning it, and they were using the smoke around the, capsite, the campsite, so it was kind of like just doing a smoke clearing. Uh-huh. Um, and the next night, they didn't hear any voices. So what he... F- and after that, it was fine. And he said that he wasn't really traumatized by it, but his sister definitely was. And it didn't yeah. take until a couple of years. And he was like, that was really weird. And he wants to know what was going on. Um, the, a couple of side notes is he did find out after, the, um, after this story kind of got out through the tent that or f- through the campsite that last year somebody had the same experience hmm. and it was another camp member and they ran out of their tent screaming and scared and um i don't know what happened to him and is it the same camping ground mm-hmm. okay. this this archaeological dig has been going on for a couple of years and um they need to put a little chop chop on it and hurry it up wrap it up wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> the 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 camp the dig yeah. maybe just stop it's been going on a little too long there's people like <laughs> it yeah, sounds terrifying yeah. i know like, right good luck recruiting people i know huh. right just don't tell them about that part i guess uh, like invite foreigners and be like oh mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity you know it's whatever. gonna turn into like a midsummer situation <laughs> yeah, somebody's, yeah. somebody's gonna be dressed in flowers and the other one's gonna burn in a Jeez. whatever a cabin so anyways a little side note about this dig uh-huh. um the dig site was an old pagan graveyard oh, Jesus um, and it was near these ruins uh-huh. um he believes that this and he believes that this was an angry forest spirit okay so um so this actually this um this area uh Ladiva, i think that's what it's called uh-huh. um has an interesting background because there's not a whole lot of history. It sounds like historically pagans lived in the area. Okay. And what had happened was um, in the 13th century, um, I guess it was Christian crusades came around and c- converted the area. Mm-hmm. And th- a lot of the folklore and the traditions were lost. Um, and, Anything that was passed down was typically passed down through song. 
And the songs were so hard to interpret into other languages that they don't really know what they meant. Oh, and then, okay. That's yeah, crazy. It is, yeah. It sounds like it was a pretty interesting um, tri- like tribe. That's so community. sad that that information was like lost, dude. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so for a we've while... Preser- we, like, we've preserved information from the Greeks. Right. And that pagan, that's interesting. Okay, sorry, mm-hmm. keep going. That's okay. So um, they did try to, uh, to recover some of the history and figure mm-hmm. out what people were like back then but then in 1944 the soviet regime like reclaimed that land and they were like you're not doing any more research you know religion was out of the window or yeah. out, out of the country you couldn't um uh you couldn't worship anything or subscribe to any religious practice mm-hmm. um and so a lot of that was lost again um and so the research that they do have on it sounds like a lot of people may have just made it up. Okay. And I think that they did try to relate their religion to ancient Romans. And they thought that they were, they probably were, um, is it theolithic where they, uh, worship many gods? I can't remember what it's called. I mean, sounds right. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it did sound like they worshipped many gods um, and goddesses. Um, and they still practice some holidays, which are very deeply rooted in pagan um, traditions. Uh-huh. Um, and then what I did hear or what I did um, find about, out about were a couple of goddesses that maybe this was um, that maybe were, were looking over this land in particular. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this this may or may not be true polytheistic. Thank you so much. Hmm. You guys are the best. Polytheism. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad that we have people to correct me right Good now. Good job, guys. So we're glad that. you're yeah. here for the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> I already made an ass of myself, but whatever. Um, so uh, there was, and I'm going to kill these two, and I'm very, very sorry. I'm going to do my best. Okay. But there was... Um, <clears throat> think it's called Capumate, Capumate, and she was a goddess or a protector of graves, graveyards, and cemeteries. Okay. Um, and so I feel like that's pretty yeah. par for the course right now. You're digging up a cemetery. She's there to protect it. It's applicable, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was something called a llama, uh, which I, I think that I'm spelling it or saying it wrong too, but it's L-A-U-M-A. And I don't know what the, how the accent goes, but this is a fairy or elemental that lived in the forest, dreams, lakes, or abandoned bathhouses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are very strong and um, they're unbeatable in battles. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that's what I got. And like I said, it's it's hard to say if if these are correct or not, mm-hmm. um, because we there was so much history lost through yeah. Christianity, and then also just having to stop doing checking all that stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. so, so it's like the person's experience is real. Unfortunately, we can't dig into it because it, it, so much of the history was lost. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I kind of feel like that this would have something to do with their pagan traditions, with the people that they worshipped, with the gods and the goddesses and the protectors that they um, subscribe to in that area. You know, like that just makes sense to me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there was somebody while you were talking, um, it was suggested, I think Marissa suggested. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) a Wendigo. Lindsay has a little skeleton figurine (laughs) of a Wendigo that she's holding up right now. Yeah, very cute. Mm -hmm. She suggested Wendigo, which is what I originally was thinking. But then towards the end, I didn't know if it was a Wendigo. Um, It could be a version yeah Mm -hmm. it's demonic um Mm -hmm. and it sounds demonic what was happening um there's not anything else to point to the wendigo besides that it was in the forest and it was saying names right but we was there was mm -hmm. there's not any of the other telltale signs of a wendigo yeah but it's something to consider um it but the thing is about like so with a wendigo though they're gonna mimic a voice and they're gonna lure you out and this was it's its own voice and it sounded like it was a female raspy voice it could be a version of wendigo yeah it could be something like that it maybe Mm -hmm. it was a sick wendigo that wasn't doing a good job (laughs) maybe it hadn't eaten in a while you know i don't know right because typically they'll mimic a voice of somebody you know or whatever so that you're compelled to go but if you hear a scary raspy voice you're not going to be compelled to go to it right Mm -hmm. and so that's where it falls off for me but i can see why how it could be wendigo i can see how it could be haunted area um and we probably just need to leave the area alone if this has happened so many times like it's you know it's it is it's it's a catch-22 i guess Mm -hmm. because you want to find out about your culture's history and where Mm -hmm. you came from yeah and that requires digging up some stuff yeah um and i guess I don't know what's right or wrong because we we do that or we did that with Native American burial grounds. Yeah. And um that was that was very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um and in that sense, you know, it's like those people aren't dead. They're they're existing and we could just ask them about their culture if they wanted to share it. But in this specific situation, there's not that opportunity. Yeah. Um, But the fact that they did do a pagan ritual where they did a smoke clearing with possibly a sacred wood, you know, maybe that was also a respectful nod to their traditions as well and that's why they stopped that and what i think about too is you know the young boy got um the best night of his sleep or the best best sleep of his life after he begged for forgiveness yeah that's so weird to think about that that his experience was like waking up and being so rested and everyone else is like we had awful sleep because you were awful (laughs) you were up talking yeah you know like and she has no recollection of it and i can't put my finger on that like what is that is that it's is it sleepwalking was you know what was it because i don't i think when people sleepwalk they typically don't feel rested the next day I don't I mean, know that. He, I don't sleepwalk. Yeah. I mean, he could have been like in a trance, maybe. Yeah. He could have been on another, like, realm where he mm-hmm. could talk to a spirit. And another they saw dimension, it too. maybe. 
Yeah, something where they kind of collided hmm. together. But I mean, the fact that um, I, I can't really necessarily say that these things are evil. Mm-hmm. I don't think that a spirit or a protector of a land, you know, is that is coming out and being like, stop messing with our stuff yeah. is evil. They're just protecting their area and they're doing what what they're supposed to do if it is these gods or the this these fairies. Yeah. Um and I do think that it was like you're you know maybe they see these people as their people and they understand that but they're like you're not doing the traditional thing. You're not honoring our um our path. Yeah. And <gasps> I maybe make an offering was- say you're yeah. sorry you know ask if you if you're allowed to do this there's a lot of um there's not a lot i don't know there you know that that's a nice thing to do in whenever you're dealing with spirits anyways is Mm -hmm. to if you decide to do that if you decide to have that relationship make an offering be polite you know try try to communicate that way instead of just going into somebody's house and fucking shit up and trying to get a response from somebody yeah yeah, it's a good point. It also makes me think of, so in regards to them going to the land and kind of messing things up <clears throat> for whatever was there, right? And disturbing right. it and it kind mm-hmm. of asking to be left alone. Also somewhat reminds me of people going to like what's considered haunted hospital or haunted grounds or whatever it is and kind mm-hmm. of like drudging things up, like almost agitating whatever is there right. and then being scared and be like, Ooh, and like running off and like leaving like I think it's one of the most cruel things to do right to to get something engaged and then be like oh I'm scared of you and then run and not help or offer anything and that's why I don't do it number one that's why I don't own anything like that because I don't mm-hmm. want to be pulled into it because mm-hmm. I am too scared like I I don't have my wits about me to, to be able to have that type of communication or experience you know what I mean yeah I mean it's and just- that's it's what all these people are doing and they're they don't even realize it like it's kind of the it's it's very weird how things change over the years, but mm-hmm. I never thought I'd be a person that would be that would be in that mindset of right. you're disturbing something because you didn't know enough and you don't care to learn about it. And mm-hmm. um, it's actually not good on your part. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's if, interesting. If, if you're going into somebody's place of residence, whether mm-hmm. it be a spirit or whatever, it would be really... <laughs> It, it it would it, it's just respectful to to ask permission yeah you know and, and yeah. instead of like you don't own this space nobody yeah. does but if somebody's buried there they technically that's their space yeah yeah that's where zach, they are zach douchebag baggins <laughs> love that guy <laughs> yeah he's a turd i don't know who that is i don't know if i've seen it i've only seen like commercials of him and people He's he's awful. He goes in there and he's just like, "Come at me, spirits!" Like he's why? Complete, because he wants to get a reaction. Well, that's what they. You know, in Japan, that's what they do. They're very hostile towards um, spirits wherever they go. It's like a custom, and 
which I think is weird because I, I, I like to think that in older cultures that they have a little more understanding and patience when it comes to spirits and all those types of things. But whenever they go into haunted areas, what I've seen on YouTube is that they, they just start cussing and calling it names and saying really mean, degrading things like I, you know, about their mother or whatever it may be. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's, and it's what they do. I mean, I guess they do it to provoke the spirit to have it come out, but usually they run. Nobody ever stops and offers help, which like blows my, I don't even, why the fuck do all of this? Sorry. I don't know if we can cuss on live Instagram, but I do anyways. I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. Somebody know. Oh, Janine said that even vampires ask to be invited to things and how jerky humans are. And we are, <laughs> but it, that kind of leads in to what I'm going to talk about too with humans. Let's hear it. Oh, are you ready? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so I think I'm going to be discombobulated while I talk about this. It's kind of all over the place, um, but it's specifically about alien life forms. And so I don't even know if we've talked about this. Have we ever talked about Travis Walton? I don't don't, think we have. uh, I don't think so. So there's a few people in history who are kind of known for their um, involvement with extraterrestrial or UFO sightings, those types of things. And Travis Walton is one of them. Um, So Travis Walton has written a book and there's actually a movie that was made off of his experience um, called fire in the sky. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's Travis Walton. Okay. Okay. So fire in the sky was a movie made in the nineties, but it's based on an experience a group of men had in the Mm seventies. Um, so Travis and his friends were from a very fucking small town, right? Like a hundred people, not very many people there. I'm exaggerating, but it's a small town from Arizona and he and his peers were loggers. And so they cut down trees in large forests for a living. And Travis was 22. He's out in this area. I think it was called snowflake, Arizona. Um, and so he and his friends were done logging for the day. They'd been out there all day. They're trying to meet their contract terms. They get in the truck to leave. They're all in a car together. And as they leave, they see what they can only describe as fire. It looks like the forest is on fire. And then they see it kind of moving around in the forest. And they, they don't understand what it is. Like, what is this bright light that they're seeing? And so eventually, as they're driving, they stop to look at it. And they can see it in the distance. And Travis is the only person who gets out of the truck he gets out of the truck and he walks towards the light and the next thing you know is this blue beam came out and like hit him and he kind of like bounced and fell and all the men in the truck are terrified and they're yelling like he's dead he's dead go like go and they're yelling they were yelling at him coaxing him to try to get back in the truck and he wouldn't he was like in a trance almost Mm -hmm. and so they drive off they left him and then as they get about a quarter mile down the road and they're like this is wrong we can't leave him and they actually turned around to get his body um, because they think he's dead but they go back and he's gone and he can't be found anywhere Um, so it's this is a small town Um, they go back into town they make the report and all hell breaks loose right this guy is missing so it at this point it's we have a missing person Mm -hmm. and within a few hours they were like we have a murder on our hands 
And then all these other agencies get involved, right? FBI gets involved because um, where the fuck did this guy go? Where did Travis go? He's gone. Um, and so the townspeople turned against Travis's friends who were with him and they have turned it in from missing person to murder at this point. And these men are under investigation for murder. There's absolutely no evidence. They're never detained. Um, they're asked questions, but you know, they, there's no fucking evidence that these men did anything, that there's any foul play. They just know he's gone. Five days later, Travis fucking calls one of his friends and says, come get me. He describes where he was. They jump in the truck and go get him and he's alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and Travis and his friends, the only way to describe this, I mean, this ruined their lives. Their lives completely changed after they came forward because then he came forward saying it was a UFO and they fucking sucked me up into their UFO and I was there for five days. And if you watch the movie Fire in the Sky, they have one scene of him on the UFO to talk about what he experienced. He also wrote his own book, which I looked for the book and it's very expensive. <laughs> on Amazon. Because I was going to get it. Um, you can't get it on Audible or anything. Damn. You can't. You can get it on Kindle, um, mm-hmm. in which my Kindle isn't fired up, so I haven't looked at it. Um, but then the hardback and the paperback books are like over $100. They're very expensive. Um, but there is a documentary on Netflix called Travis, and it's, a, it's his true story. And it has interviews with himself and his friends where they talk about everything. This is a small fucking tiny town. Everybody stays in that town. People don't get out of the town. They live there their whole lives and they, they're loggers or whatever it may be. These men's lives were ruined by coming forward with this. And these men all stuck by their stories the entire time. They had, um, what's the thing called where they hook you up and there's lines. A lie detector tests. They had lie detector tests, which they, you know, there's conflicting information about lie detector tests. They all fucking passed it. And these are f- these. Well, it was actually seven men all re. Oh my god, my cat. All retelling <laughs> the same story over and over again, and nothing changed from the from the 70s until now. Nothing about their fucking story changed. It's all spot on. Um, oh. And so that's pretty compelling information. Um, but he he talked about what he saw and. And he said that basically they saw it was a it was a craft um, that was disc shaped and it was metallic and it, it was letting off a, like a gold glow that they just said is indescribable what they saw the the color they can't they said it can never be recreated what they saw that night um, and he did talk about seeing the um, the beings that were inside of it and he just said it was typical that they um, they had eyes they had a nose and a mouth um, and that they were hairless um, and that they never spoke ever mm-hmm. everything was telepathic with them and what he has determined is that actually um, when he was hit by the ray that he had died and that the the aliens decided that they were going to take him because they wanted to repair his body and he doesn't see wow. that there was yeah he doesn't think that there was anything malicious here he thinks they took him up to help him um, to help him get better because he'd been injured um, and when Travis, it's so interesting when you see him in interviews, he's uncomfortable. 
Like he is not happy about all of this happening to him, but he, since the seventies, he continues to tell his story and he talks about how important it is for people to hear his story because everything is so discredited. And he even says, why would I do this to myself? He was like, my life is ruined. All their men, they had to leave that town and start all over because they were harassed and treated like shit because they had seen a fucking UFO. Like it's just, it is nuts what these men had to go through. So, but what made me start thinking about this was the recent sightings of UFOs, not recent, but the declassified information that's been released by the Pentagon relating to, to UFOs that -hmm. they've seen flying over the ocean. It's, it appears as if the Navy and the air force, see a ton of UFOs, but in, they actually refer to them as UAPs and, um, the government does, they call them unidentified, um, aerial phenomenon is what they call them. Yeah. They call it UAP. So if you look through documents that they have declassified, you'll see it as that and not UFO. Um, which brings me to the, the Pentagon actually has a task force to investigate UAPs or UFOs. How do I the, how do I sign up for that? I know. <laughs> it's crazy, right? They yeah. they have a fucking task force that looks into it and they prepare reports and they they brief the government on what they find. And in this latest COVID bill that came through, mm-hmm. there was an update that they were they were asking for on UAPs. It came through in the COVID bill. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And so they've, they've started declassifying some information and there's been interviews with, um, ex Pentagon staff and the ex Pentagon staff have talked about how, um, there's so much information on UFOs that they have. There's been so many incidents and there's so much information that has not been released to the public. And he believes it hasn't been released to the public because he thinks everybody would public would panic. But there's so many theories about what's going on. And because it almost appears as if there's an influx in sightings, um, there's more and more videos that are surfacing. Like if you search YouTube, you'll see them. Um, But there's some key ones that I've seen, especially with the fucking Navy. The Navy is reporting seeing a lot of triangular shaped um, UFOs flying over warships or over the ocean and they've even found some that have dove into the ocean and there's a group of folks who think they found uh, a ufo underwater but they can't get an explanation for it right it was um Mm -hmm. it's off it's in it's the sweden task force that found it um and i can't remember what year it was um but the Mexican government as well as the Chilean government are also declassifying information on UFOs. They all have fucking tasks for task forces where they yeah. look into everything with all the flying objects that they see as well. Um, so the documentary on Travis is called Travis, the true story of Travis Walton. It was in 2016 and you can stream it for free on Netflix and it's actually really good. So what I did is I watched fire in the sky and then I followed up by watching that. Um, and that was, it's a good night of good, wholesome fun. (laughs) 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 Um, okay. What I was going to talk about a few other things. So there's been, other um, videos that have surfaced. Um, so there's also just a note, there's about 13,000 sightings of UFOs reported in the U.S. annually. So 13,000 reported annually. One in 10 people who see UFOs report it. 
Hmm. That's not very many. It's no people are terrified to come forward. So like for Travis, I think that that's just a great example. Their lives were ruined. They couldn't Mm -hmm. get jobs. The whole town hated them. Um, People wanted them to die. People would, they wouldn't serve them. I mean, they were fucking awful to them and their, their lives were completely ruined, but they still came forward and they stayed true to their story. Um, And Travis is really the only one who has been able to see any type of, um, goodness come out of it only because he gets to share his story and he gets invited on multiple platforms. Um, and he gets some money like for the book he wrote for the movies that were written about his experiences. And that's great for him. And I'm glad that he's able you know, to get some type of living. Um, but that's not true for all the other men. They don't have that. And so it, it really also got me thinking about mental health and how just because we don't understand the, this sighting or his experience, people get treated like shit and they're scared to come forward. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of people who are being abused. They get treated like shit and questioned so they don't want to come forward. And so a lot of this is a, is a mental health or societal problem where for some reason we treat people like shit if we don't understand what they're going through. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all those sightings a year. One in 10 people report, and that's an issue. More people should be able to report. And then maybe it'll become a science. Because right now, the study of UFOs is a pseudoscience because it doesn't follow the scientific method um, for proving or disproving information about UFOs. And so it's a pseudoscience. I don't think it's given the proper attention. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, private groups, like yeah. just regular civilians. Some of them have scientists and uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that that will document them and then they'll study them and they they ask that people like talk about their experience mm-hmm. gosh i can't remember nicap is one i think and then um there's another one out there that i think isn't as reputable or i i can't remember what it's called it's a major one but um but yeah they're just like private yeah there's a lot of them and the, the mm-hmm. university of colorado actually wrote a a, a study on the sightings of ufos so some of the ufo information has been as we've been talking about has been declassified by the pentagon by the government Mm -hmm. and um they released all the sightings that they had the information they had from the 40s to the 60s and at the university of colorado they studied all that information and came up with a report on the information um and that's called the project blue book Mm-hmm. And you can read. Oh, Becky's like, I know all about UFOs. <laughs> I'm like, you, but have you heard of UFOs? <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, so there's been a couple of sightings um, recently. There was one in Hawaii where there was a bright blue light that was um, over the ocean. This was in December, um, and then it fell into the ocean. But hundreds of people saw it hundreds of people saw it and recorded it and the pentagon and the u.s you know government and military has remained silent and all they've said is we can't explain what's in the video and that's what they're saying about the triangular shapes uh when we can put the information in one of our in the links um but the the triangular um crafts that were flying over the ocean they've also said sorry we can't they're like it's suspect and we understand it's suspect but we can't tell you anything about it it's just crazy. And Travis has actually reported, um, he reported seeing triangle um, crafts before. And he said that this was after his experience, he started seeing them. A lot of people describe them as triangles, as discs, or even as tic tacs. 
mm-hmm. like perfect shaped Tic Tacs that they'll see flying around. Um, and then in March, March 30th in Rhode Island, there was reported orbs that hundreds of people saw and reported and, and uh, recorded. Um, and I think it was in the Baltic Sea in 2011 where they found the large uh, UFO underwater. Okay. So it's just crazy. So like I said, it's kind of all over the place, but it was really triggered because I'd heard about the triangles that the, that the Pentagon released the information saying, sorry about that. And then it just took me down this hole of fire in the sky. And then Travis, I want you, have you, if you, if you see Mm -hmm. interviews of Travis, you'll see what I mean. Mm -hmm. He's very reserved. He's not into this. He is. I mean, he's done a lot of research because of the way that he's been treated. Um, but he's uncomfortable in all he's in all these panels and he's just sitting there like it's awful for him but he says he has to be the voice for people because you get treated so poorly for it and it's been his life mission um so that's that's what i wanted to talk about was aliens i'm done (laughs) (laughs) that's did you yeah that's a really that it's just such an interesting topic especially Mm -hmm. now since things are coming out yeah um I don't, I never understood, like, I mean, maybe it's because of my, like, my personal beliefs, and I'm not religious. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that affects people with their religion. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I never understood, like, why people would freak out or why they wouldn't be ready. And the thing is, is, like, if there's truth and there's facts out there, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you have the, you have the option to believe it or not regardless of where the source is coming from so like i don't think especially since it's out like nobody's really freaking out of course i don't run in those circles yeah Um, so well that makes it hard because the lens that we look through and then the people that we're associated with right it kind mm -hmm. of that's what i was saying last night it kind of reminds myself of uh during the election where trump won Mm -hmm. i remember because i'd surrounded myself with people who wouldn't have voted for trump when he won, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it's, it was one of those things. It's because of what I, what I had created for myself. I was in my own world. True. And so, you know, I'm in a world where probably I'm, I'm around people who may be more open to this type of information and not as closed off. But I think officially after watching um, the, after what I've been going through mentally, after watching the documentary um, or his after uh, fire in the sky, I think I decided that I'm actually agnostic and I'm not atheist because you don't know everything and we don't have all the facts. Like mm-hmm. we just don't have all the facts and we don't know what's created or what's con- or whatever it may be. And so I'm totally changed my mind after years of being atheist like i'm pretty sure i'm agnostic now it's so weird we have like we'll have to talk about this afterwards but it is kind of strange like digging into the uh, the paranormal like getting into a spiritual practice it Uh really does change it changes your mind about everything. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, just it's great. Everything it's- with space, too. Like, do you know how fucking old Earth is and what Earth has had to go through to get to where it is? And, like, we made it and we are all sitting here and there's four people who are watching us right now. <laughs> and we all made it and we're all here at this exact same time. It's fucking crazy. 
It is yeah. nuts. And I even watched what will happen to Earth. Like once it, it's going to die. Earth mm-hmm. is going to die. Everyone on Earth is going to die. All the creatures are going to die. We're going to get sucked into, uh, our sun is going to die. It's going to go into a black hole. And then Earth is going to start recycling again. We're talking that when I was watching the screen, because they had um, increased the speed as to which you could watch this happening, mm-hmm. it was like, trillion billion million years and like that's literally how you would say it trillion mm-hmm. million billion five hundred thousand whatever years is mm-hmm. crazy but we made right. it At mars mm-hmm. went through the same thing mars you know, was earth <laughs> y- um it it is interesting to think that like we are we we are all just recycled like atoms and mm-hmm. and um i don't know uh, molecules, I guess. And oh, what is what is? Well, she didn't have, have anything. I think she just wanted. Okay. Oh, yeah. But even like the moon is really weird to Earth. There's a lot of strange mm-hmm. things about Earth, and our planet, like the size of it, typically wouldn't have a mm-hmm. moon or something like that. So it's it's really strange how that came to be. And they think I think there's a lot of theories about it, but one of them is that like it may have been a piece of Earth at one time. Um, yeah, it's so. Is it going to get sucked into a black hole or or collide with Andromeda? Um, for what I watched, which it could be wrong because it's all theoretical, they're not quite sure, right? Mm-hmm. But what I watched was, I'm pretty positive it was that the sun was going to be sucked into a black hole. Mm-hmm. That was the latest that I saw. I don't know. Okay. Wow. It, it was sad to watch. It was sad to watch our sun die. Our sun is going to die. It's just, you know, I mean, it, it's going to die. It's yeah, no we're longer going to provide. Yeah. yeah. Unless, unless there is like a, a, a black hole that just occurs randomly, it's mm-hmm. not going to be until another. Oh yeah. It's a long years. time away, yeah. but that's what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But it also made me think of, there's been a few stories that I've told about alien encounters where there was one in Africa where the children were saying the aliens were trying to save us from ourselves. They were warning us about technology. They were saying, be careful. And some of the kids had alluded to that. They, that now they're adults that they think that they were being warned that we're being warned by aliens um, and that they will step in to save us that the aliens will. And um, that's kind of the feeling that I got from from the recent stories as well. Because um, I even read that some of the nuclear uh, weapons that we have have been disarmed after these sightings. And it could, it could be that the aliens are here to help us save us from ourselves and destruction of our, of each other. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, whenever there's, there's wartime and whenever they do involve nuclear weapons, uh-huh. there are more, um, UFO sightings. And so that's what the, with the Navy seeing all of these sightings over warships and everything, it all makes sense. If that's the mm-hmm. case, if they are trying to save us from ourselves, yeah. um, which thank you if you are. I mean, <laughs> the only other theory that I heard and one of the reasons that the government won't release the like any other facts or information they have to the general public is also because um, of control issues. So mm-hmm. I can't even go into all the control issues that exist in our society and our world. It's awful, right? But the, one of the things that they've said is that with um, 
with releasing that information that we would perhaps identify as earthlings and we would no longer identify to our countries. Like we're American, they're Canadian or, you know, they're Russian or whatever it may be. And that our allegiance would shift from our individual countries to we're earthlings. Um, wow. And it would that unite would be us. Amazing. Would it be nice? It'd be yeah. nice if we all looked at each other that way and, Instead yeah. of looking at each other as different because with, you're like, from another with, country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's very a very interesting um, night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but- so you know what's interesting too, Lindsay, is I feel like since we last talked, uh-huh. your view of aliens have also shifted from. <laughs> I hate them. They're scary to I love you. Save us. Thank you. I know. I'm scared <laughs> to death of them. I would like for them to save us, but I just want them to leave me alone. Like, okay. I, don't, I don't I don't want to be personally involved in any of it. Like I'm good watching it from afar. Gotcha. I don't want to go in your ship. Like I don't want any of that shit. Like leave me alone. And I am scared of you. Even as I watched the movie last night, it's an old movie too, which I watch movies differently now. Since I've been through, I've been through a lot mental health wise and refining and learning about myself, all that shit. Um, and (laughs) I watch movies differently. I enjoy them so much now. Like I feel very involved in them and even watch. So this movie was made in 93. It was low budget. And I was still like, Oh my God, the whole time. Cause for what it was, they did a great job. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. So they, they said that that has one of the scariest, um, like alien scenes. Why? Well, I, I was terrified while I watched it. Yeah. My husband, that's one of his, um, scariest movies. It's a, I mean, I can see it. It's a good one and it is scary. Yeah. Um, it just, there's one scene. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I was going to talk about something else. There was, whenever I went and visited Becky, we watched um, a war movie called Glory, which is about mm-hmm. the Civil War and it's about the 54, 54th, um, what are they called? Battalion, which is the first black battalion to fight in the war in the civil war. Right. Um, and they were on the union side, of course. Well, they don't have to be, but they were on the union side. Um, but there's a scene where they're marching to go into this battle where they're for sure. Most likely a lot of them are going to die. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because they knew strategically they probably were, but they're marching on the beach to go. And one of the white men on the side says, give them hell 54. And I cry every time. So I think of John watching that scene in the mm-hmm. movie fire in the sky to be scared. And yeah. sometimes I'll be in the kitchen and Mike will be like, what is this? And I'll say what? And I'll come around to see the TV and it's that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Cause nice. he knows it's going to get me every time. It just reminds yeah. me of it. We're almost out of time. And here I am. It's cool. Here I am just going on. That's fine. Yeah. I missed everyone. We're happy to yeah. be back, dude. Yeah, we haven't talked like this in a while, so Mm-mm. this is good. <sighs> yeah. Ooh. Anyways, okay. aliens are scary, dude. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah, don't save be, us. Don't be dicks to spirits. Yeah, come The takeaway of this episode is aliens are scary, but they're good. Yeah. And don't be dicks to spirits. Yep. Okay. Take it or leave it, everybody. And if you would like for us oh, to, to share your story, if you have a, a story that you would like for us to talk about, um, we would love to, and you can send it to us at I have a strange story podcast at gmail.com or through any other social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Subscribe, rate and review us. And if you give us a review, please give us a nice one. Um, email your review to us with your mailing address and we will mail you some stickers. 
And um, I think that's it. Yeah, and if you just want a sticker, just let us know and we'll send them. Yeah, if you just want stickers, yeah, we have just send us too, your mailing you know. address. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Then I guess until next time. Bye. Bye.